0: I love how Jesus would be doing something and on his way to do something, and a need would arise, and he would stop what he what he started to tend to the need at hand and then go about doing his business. In fact, he did it one time, and the person he was going to heal died because he did it. I got a feeling that he he didn't have a problem with it since he is the resurrection. It was okay. He was going to deal with what needed to be dealt with, which, by the way, was an issue. <laughs> The issue of that's what he stopped to deal with when he was going to heal Jairus' daughter was a woman. Uh, And by the way, he didn't go seeking her out. She came and found him. And he took care of her issues. Thank you, Jesus. This morning I want to talk to you um, from Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. And I believe that this is going to give you life. I believe that it's going to be a blessing. This would definitely be, as Dad used to call him, a swing from the chandeliers type service. This is one where you're going to get to say amen a whole lot. This is not so much a challenging uh, you to believe something new as much as it's going to be challenging the enemy that has tried to attack you. And say, how dare you think that you could come and attack the blessing of the Lord? Okay, now it's going to require something of you. It's going to require your faith to reach up. When any time that the glory of God reaches down, it's going to require your faith to reach up. And when that connection's made, things are made new. That's the way that it works. So it will require that. But this ain't going to be one where you go, hmm, I don't know about that. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. This is going to be one where you get to enjoy. So today I would even say you don't even have to wear your seatbelts. Just take them off and relax. This is going to be a fun one. Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. I'm reading from the Passion Translation because I like the way that it reads. You can read from whatever version. Uh, I like the King James. I like the New American Standard. I read the NIV. I read the Message Bible. I read the Passion Translation. You name it, you name it, I've got it. On my phone and on my tablet, I've got something like a hundred different translations sitting on my desk. I've got a translation you can't even get digital yet. Um, So I like them all. But for this morning, we're going to read from the Passion. So if we've got it, start with verse 1. One afternoon now Acts chapter 3, for those of you that haven't read so much in your Bible, and that's okay, or studied, this means this is after Jesus has been crucified, and Jesus has been buried, and Jesus has risen from the dead, and he's ascended up into heaven, and Peter has already preached his inaugural sermon in Acts chapter 2, where he said, this is that which was spoken of by Joel the prophet, saying, in the last days I will pour out of my... This is after that, this is the very next chapter. Just weeks, let's just say, just weeks from the time that Peter denied Jesus. It's amazing the change that God can make in that much time. Now let's read. So, one afternoon, Peter and John went to the temple for the three o'clock prayer. Now, there was prayer first thing in the morning and then three o'clock prayer. That was their custom. And they came to the entrance called the beautiful gate. And they were captured by the sight of a man crippled from birth, being carried and placed at the entrance of the temple. He was often brought there to beg for money from those going into worship. And when he noticed Peter and John going into the temple, he did what he always does. He begged them for money. Peter and John, looking straight into the eyes of the crippled man, said, look at us. Expecting a gift, he readily gave them his attention. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. That's the King James Version. That's the one I like. Silver and gold have I none. Or as the Passion says, I don't have money, but I do have this and I'll give it to you. By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And as he pulled the man to his feet, suddenly, somebody say suddenly, power surged into his crippled feet and ankles, and the man jumped up, stood there for a moment, stunned, and then began to walk around. And as he went into the temple courts with Peter and John, he leapt for joy and shouted praises to God. When all the people saw him jumping up and down and heard him glorifying God, they realized this was the crippled beggar that had passed by or that they had passed by in front of the beautiful gate. Astonishment swept over the crowd for they were amazed over what had happened to him. Dumbfounded over what they were witnessing, the crowd ran over to Peter and John, who were standing under the covered walkway called Solomon's Porch. Standing there also was the healed beggar, clinging to Peter and John. You better know ministry when you actually give a word to someone, or there's issue that flows forth from your heart, or or virtue comes out of your life and heals somebody. They will cling to you for the rest of your life. And doesn't matter what everybody else says; they'll cling to you. With the crowd surrounding him, Peter said to them. People of Israel, listen to me. Why are you so amazed by this healing? Why do you stare at us? We did not make this crippled man walk by our own power or authority. The God of our ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has done this. For he has glorified his servant Jesus, the one you denied. This is just weeks ago, Peter denied him. Now he's standing in a different authority, in a different spirit, several weeks later, probably 50 or 60 some weeks later, and says, the one that you denied. He don't even identify anymore with his failure because he's too busy making lame people walk. (laughs) The one that you denied. And, and insisted that Pilate would kill him. He has glorified his servant Jesus when you denied him to Pilate's face when he tried to release him and you insisted that he be crucified. You rejected the one who is holy and righteous and instead begged for a murderer to be released. You killed the prince of life but God raised him from the dead and we stand here as witnesses to that fact. I want to say in 2020 the reason that we pray for Gideon and Isaiah is confidently that Arnold Chiari and no other type of curse can come upon their life it's because we are witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, not as a historical event, but as an ever present reality. He didn't just come to raise from the dead. He said, I am the resurrection and I am the life, which means wherever the I am is, you can have what I am brings when he gets there. Faith in Jesus, or, or, but God raised him from the dead and we stand here as witnesses to the fact. Faith in Jesus' name has healed this man standing before you. It is the faith that comes through believing in Jesus' name that has made the crippled man walk right in front of your eyes. My fellow Jews, I realize that neither you nor your leaders realize the grave mistake that you made. But in spite of what you've done, God has fulfilled what he foretold through the prophets. long ago. I could stop right there and preach. But in spite of what you've done, my God. But in spite of what you've done, God's fulfilled his word anyways. It don't matter that you messed up. It don't matter that you made a grave mistake. Some people are so busy focused on their mistake that they don't. But he says in spite of what you've done, God went ahead and fulfilled his promise anyway. That he foretold through the prophets long ago about the sufferings of the anointed one. And now you must repent and turn back to God. To be, to be sure, repentance is not just turning from something. It's turning to something. I've said it and I'll say it again. It's not enough to turn from something. If you turn from something and you have nothing to turn to, it will be only a matter of time before you turn back to that which you turn from. But if you turn from something and have something better to turn towards, you'll forget those things which are behind and look unto that which lies ahead and you'll continue to press. And the problem with the church is our emphasis has been on what we turn from instead of who we turn to. And now you must repent and turn back to God so that your sins will be removed and so that the times of refreshing will stream from the Lord's presence. I'm going to take a five-minute pause and say prophetically, in 2020, you are walking in to the times of refreshing. And he will send you Jesus, the Messiah, the chosen one for you, for he must remain in heaven until the restoration of some things. Oh, I'm sorry, it doesn't say that. He must remain in heaven until the restoration of a few specific things. You know, I looked this up. Here's what it actually says. For he must remain in heaven until the restoration of all things has taken place. And I looked that word up all in the Greek and the Aramaic and the Hebrew. Did you know that all means? It blows your mind. I can't believe it. They got that one right. All means all. If you don't think that God was in Christ Jesus reconciling all things to himself, you don't know your Bible. And that's okay. All of us are still learning, including yours truly. But he must remain in heaven until the restitution of all things be fulfilled. Amen. And when it takes place, fulfilling everything that God said long ago through his holy prophets, for God has not uh, uh, for has not Moses told us the Lord will raise up a prophet from among you who is like me. Listen to him and follow everything he tells you. Jesus he's talking about. Every person who disobeys that prophet will be cut off and completely destroyed. In fact, every prophet from the time of Samuel onward has prophesied of these very days. And you are heirs of their prophecies and of the covenants God made with your fathers when he promised Abraham your descendants will be the blessed to all the peoples of the earth. Now God has or now that God raised up his son, he has chosen to send him first to you that he might bless you by turning each of you from your wickedness. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have Give I thee. You've heard the me- Silver and gold have I none, but such. I'm going to read my notes, and I'm going to preach to you for a it. I don't want to get into a habit of exegetical pre- preaching, and I'm not saying it's necessarily wrong. But when you preach exegetically, essentially what you do is read yourself into Scripture. It's, it's, it's soulful preaching and it's not necessarily bad except when it's the only thing that's ever preached is how you can feel better and be a better you. I take issue with it. And yet there are times that we can look at the reality of Scripture and say, if I can't read my life and make what I see in the Scripture pragmatic to today, then it's nothing but a history lesson. There has to be something. There has to be principles and there has to be reality. There has to be a way that I can read what happened there and say, maybe that reality can apply to me today. Here in this passage, we have a man who's crippled from birth. That is to say, his debilitating issue has been his issue and his reality since he was born. He's never known a day without that being his issue. Some of you came in here today with issues that you've been carrying around for so many years, possibly since the day you were born. But I'm telling you, there's some of you that were carried in and you're going to walk out this morning. So help me God. I saw, it in the, I saw it in the spirit about 4 11 this morning when God woke me up and got me out of bed. He said, There are some that were being carried in this morning, but they're going to walk out on their own accord. God. What happens when you're bound to an issue? We as humans learn to deal with it, we adapt, we change, we learn to cope. We accept it as a part of our life and move on. No doubt based on the fact that we saw this man man begging for enough money to last one day. He's accepted his life as a perpetual reality. The scripture says, as he often was, he was placed by his friends at the gate to do what? To beg people to give him enough to get him through one more day. I don't know about you, I'm tired of one more day begging living. I'm tired of begging just to be able to get through one more day. I'm ready for someone to show up and say, hey, man, I don't have what you're asking for. I got something that's a whole lot better. This is just as good as it's ever going to get for me. How many of us have ever been in a situation where we say, well, I suppose this is just as good as it gets? Three. Nobody else. You've been in, a, in a, what seems like a, a cyclical thing. It, it's just It repeats itself, and you feel like you're, you're on your way up, and boom, some, the, the bottom falls out from beneath you. And then you believe again, and then the, the, the belief or the promise or the hope doesn't come, and you, and you find yourself in this relentless cycle, this, this perpetual cycle of, of, of failure and disappointment. I've come to tell you today, I don't have something that's going to perpetuate your issue. What I've got is, I'm going to give you what the Father's given to me, and the issue will no longer be your issue. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I'll give it to you. Some of you coming here today hoping to get enough of a spiritual fix to get you by just a little bit longer. But I am come that you will not get a fix, but that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. When Peter and John saw the man in his condition, they knew the first thing they had to do was change his focus. They walk up to the man who's been there. By the way, he's been there so many years. Surely at some point Jesus passed this guy. But let's just leave that for another time. We'll just leave that for another day. But they walk up and he says, look here. Hey, stop looking at what you're looking at and look at us. It wasn't that we're important, and it's not that we're all that. It's that if you don't get your focus off of your problem, you're never gonna get what you really want that you don't know that you want because you forgot that you wanted it, because you were willing to settle for less than you really want in the first place. Look at us. Put your focus on us. In, in Hebrews 11, remember Hebrews chapter 11, that is the, the faith scripture. It reads, by faith Abraham and by faith Noah. and by, It's the faith chapter. If you get over to verse 11, you've heard me preach. The scripture says, and by faith Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. When? When she judged him faithful that promised. How many years did Sarah walk with a promise and no fulfillment? All it was was words because her focus was on the problem. But the moment that her focus got off of the problem and off of the promise and on the one that made the promise, I believe immediately the moment that her, her mind was changed from what he said he would do but he hasn't done to but, but he's the one that said it so it has to happen. I, I believe Abraham started looking a whole lot better. In fact, I think he, 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 his age went back about 60 years. He said, My God, you look good, Abraham. Did you get a haircut? I mean, I hope there's no 90-year-olds in here, but maybe there are. God bless you if you are. How many 90-year-olds on here think they're about to have a baby? Something must have happened. He said, I will return to you. The season of life is what God told Abraham and Sarah. Something must have happened to Abraham for his dead loins. And something must have happened to Sarah for her dead womb to be able to conceive seed. Here's what had to happen. Stop focusing on problems and don't even focus on the promise. Focus on the one that's the promiser. Hey boy, laying at the gate, look on us. Change your focus. Change your perspective because if you continue to look at what you've been looking at, you're going to continue to beg just for enough to get me through one more day. Stop looking at your daily circumstance and look at what Jesus can do. Verse 4, Peter and John looking straight into the eyes of the crippled man said, look at us expecting a gift. He readily gave them his attention. Then Peter said, I don't have money, but I'll give you this. By the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, do what you couldn't do before I got here. Stand up and walk. I don't have any money to give you. It ain't going to help you anyways, because when I leave, you'll never forget my name. By the power Of Jesus Christ, the name of Jesus. When you hear the prayer, it's not a magical phrase, in the name of Jesus, amen. It's saying literally, in the stead of Jesus. Since Jesus, the person, is not standing here, we stand with the same spirit in his stead and say, get up and walk. Peter held out his right hand to the cripple man, seven and eight. And he pulled the man to his feet. Suddenly power surged. Suddenly power surged. Suddenly when his focus was not on the problem and his focus was on what this man said. You know, you're telling me it's possible that my issue can be left at the altar. You're telling me it's possible that I can have what I never thought that I could have. You're telling me. And suddenly power surged into his ankles. And his crippled feet and the man jumped up. He stood there for a moment stunned and then he began to walk around. And as he went into the temple courts with Peter and John, he leapt for joy and shouted praises to God. Verse 8 says, when Peter pulled the man up, suddenly power, suddenly power. There's something, there's something about a suddenly. I preached it years ago. Suddenly simply means this one second. It's this way. And at a snap of a finger, now it's this way. They were up in an upper room waiting for an experience. They didn't know what it was going to look like and not knowing it was going to come. But suddenly, suddenly it was this and the next thing you know, they're endued with power from on high. Suddenly, suddenly happens like this, but it takes sometimes a lifetime to develop. When the faith of that man came into contact with the power that was resident in Peter, by the Holy Spirit. His issue was no longer the issue. You, you might have missed it. I'm going to say it again. When the faith of a man on the ground. Reached up his hand. To grab the power that was resonant in a man that weeks earlier denied Jesus. I'm disqualified. No, you're not Disqualified. You don't, don't you for one minute think that you're disqualified because of what you did. J- Peter said, I don't know the man. And again they said, But you were with him, but I don't know the man. But you were with him. He began to curse and swear and run away and said, I don't know him. He denied him three times in the most critical moment of Jesus's life. When Peter said, I'll never leave you. He left him anyways. But Jesus didn't leave him. In fact, he decided not to leave him. But when he rose from the dead, he said, Do me a favor. Go tell my disciples. And Peter was going. He sealed him out. He restored him. Immediately in resurrection because that's what Jesus does. And when the resident power of the Holy Spirit inside of Peter met the faith of the man reaching up, suddenly strength came into his crippled feet and his ankles. And the Bible says he jumped to his feet. What happened in that moment at the gate, beautiful, was the realization of, a, of an age-old prophecy that Ezekiel talked about in chapter 47 when he saw a river flowing out of the threshold through the gateway of the temple. And the river, my God, the first measurement of the river in Ezekiel 47, he said, I saw a river, and the river flowed from the temple, and it came out under the threshold of the gate. In other words, all that God's doing ain't stuck in the temple. It's going to flow from the temple. And the first measurement that was taken was ankle high. And the first place that the spirit of God went into the crippled man was his crippled ankles. I mean, my God, because Peter stood there, he, there was a temple natural and the man was begging there. And as long as he saw that as the temple, he would stay begging. But Peter had walked into reality that now are we the temple of the Holy spirit and the resident power from the throne of God flowed from Peter. And the first measurement was strength went into his ankles. The river was first measured to be ankle deep. This man, lame in his ankles, was healed by the spiritual river that flowed out of the beautiful gate, which was Jesus the Christ, which was living inside of his temple, which at that time happened to be Peter and John. This ain't the temple, baby. This is the place where we meet. You are the temple. The Bible is very clear. But now are we the temple of the Holy Spirit? You have within you the resonant power. The Bible says if that same spirit that lives inside of you, which quickened Jesus and raised him from the dead, if he lives inside of you, then by that same spirit, he'll quicken, which means make alive every cell of your mortal body. No wonder the broken sails in that man's crippled ankles had to come to life the moment that he came in contact with the resurrection power of the risen Christ that lived inside of Peter and John. I came to tell you today that God has not come to give you something that will perpetuate your issue. We have been so comfortable with our issue that we ask God for ways to cope with it, to deal with it, and to make it easier to bear. The truth is God sent his apostles that day and he sent another one to you today to look at you and say, silver and gold, I don't have it. God knows if I did. We might not be here. We might be on vacation today. Silver and gold, I don't have it, but it wouldn't fix your mess anyways. But what I do have is a river of living water that flows from deep within, and it will bring an end to your issue if you will, by faith, reach up and grab hold of the promise. Somebody grab hold of God's best. Somebody's going to grab hold of your future. Somebody this morning is going to grab hold of your dreams. Somebody this morning is going to grab hold of the possibility that the best, chapters of your life are yet to be written. Come on, somebody. Grab your promise. Grab hold of your destiny. Grab hold of everything that God has promised you. And don't you let go until you're on your feet again. Grab hold and don't let go till you receive the strength that you need to propel you into your destiny. Silver and gold, I have none but what I have. Grab hold. Some of you were carried in today, barely making it, hanging on by a thread. Your friends carried you in, but you're going to walk out. I said your friends carried you in or, or desperation carried you in or feeling like you owed something. Obligation carried you in, but you are going to walk out. My God, because silver and gold have I none, but such as I had. But today I see you walking out of your pain. Today I see you walking out of your past. Today I see you walking out of your failures. Today I see you walking out of your struggle. Today I see you walking out of your misery. Today I see you walking out of your bondage, your depression, your suppression, your oppression. My God, is anybody in here want to reach up by faith and grab hold of the promise so you can walk out? I see you walking out of suppression, oppression, depression. In fact, some of you ain't just going to walk out. Some of you are going to run out. Some of you are going to look around and begin to leap for joy. There's going to be a new joy that comes into your life. There's going to be a new joy in your heart. There's going to be a fresh fervor, a fresh vigor. Say, my God, there was a suddenly that happened to me because yesterday I couldn't get up and today I can't stop running. Yesterday I was singing and crying and sad and today I'm shouting the praises of God. Yesterday it was doom and gloom and woe is me. Today it is I will rejoice and be glad for the Lord. My God. I see some of you running out. I see You saw the other kids growing up and running around carefree and full of joy. But you couldn't take so much as a step. I see you running around to make up for lost time. I see you running not just out of your past pain and failure, but I see you running into your future. I see you running into your promise. I see you running. In. Is anybody in here that says it's just before me? I can by faith reach up and receive the strength that comes from the risen Christ that flows out of the temple that's speaking to me right now that causes strength to come into my crippled places. By faith, I reach up and I grab on to what God says I can have. If he says I can have it, my focus ain't on the struggle and it ain't even on the promise. It's on the promisor because the promise is only as good as the one that makes it. It's like that Eddie Murphy movie. <laughs> you walked over, but you're going to limp back. Some of you crawled in and were carried in, but you're going to walk out. Some of you came limping in. Both your feet weren't crippled, but your marriage has been broken and you don't think it's ever going to get fixed. And so you've just decided, I'll just live with a limp. I'll just, but, but there's going to be strength coming to that ankle. You gonna say, my God, I don't even have to live with a limp because that's not restoration. He's not just the healer of all things, but he's the reconciler and the restoration giver. He's going to restore all things. Some of you came in literally broke. That's what they call when you don't have money. Some of you came in broke. And and when Robin got up and said, you're supposed to tithe, you should give, and God will break the curse. It challenged your mind, but somebody is going to sow a seed this morning that's going to break the curse off of your life. Some of you came in this morning with your health, and you could hardly breathe. And and they gave you a bad prognosis, but somebody's going to say, wait a minute. But they gave me a bad, the facts might say that I'm sick, but the truth says, with his stripes, I'm healed. The facts might say that I've got this cancer or I've got this sickness or I've got Arnold Chiari. But the, but the reality is, the truth is, that the Lamb of God slain before the foundations of the world made a propitiation for my sins and my sickness long before I ever got here. Here's what I want to say. Stop focusing on your issue and look intently at me. Look on me. You know what Peter might have been saying? When he said, look at us, it wasn't just enough that you're not focusing on your issue or focusing on your past. Maybe what he was saying was, man, look at me. Because 60 days ago, I was a wreck. 60 days ago, I promised 61 days ago, I told Jesus that I'd never leave him, that I'd go with him and go with him all the way to death. And he looked at me and said, I would deny him. And I did deny him. And I went out and wept bitterly. I was just as bitter as one of my best friends who went and committed suicide because he betrayed him. But look at me now. If God can take a denier and someone that watched his best friend bleed to death. And look at me and say, "And say, I call you a little pebble. And on this rock, the rock of the ability to hear the reality of the son from the voice of the father. On this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell. Look on me if he can do it for me. You think you got a problem. Peter said, you think you got a problem because you, you lay around begging and your ankles are broke. Imagine if your heart and your soul felt wretched because you betrayed the best, your best friend. The one that you know is the son of God. And yet, when he rose from the dead, we didn't even know it. And a woman came in. By the way, she was the first to carry the gospel. It makes no sense to me why people have a problem with women preachers. She, Mary was the first to carry him in her womb. And Mary, was also, Mary Magdalene was also the first to carry the announcement that Jesus has risen from the dead. So anybody that's got a problem with a woman preacher has just got a problem with Jesus because the first one that ever had the seat of God inside of her was a woman. And the first one that carried the news of the resurrection was a woman. So if they told you women can't preach, it's because they're ignorant and unlearned and need to sit down and let somebody that's been with Jesus know the truth. Now I should have got a bigger amen from you women now. Look on me. You won't believe where Jesus has brought me from. And even after the resurrection, I believed. And it was good enough, but I was still afraid. But something happened. Because one day I was sitting up in an upper room with a bunch of my buddies. And, and not many days after we got up there, about 380 of them left. Because the church service was good when the music was playing. And when it was all pumped up and hyped up. But when all the hype left, and when the praise and worship wasn't the right song, and I didn't like what, the, what they said and what this one did, we left. Thank God you left. Because when those 380 got out of the way, God can do for the 120 in unity more than he do with 500 in disunity. And we just sat there and we didn't know what was happening but he said to wait for a promise. And we didn't know what it would look like and we didn't know when it would come. But we knew as surely as Jesus had spoken it was going to come. And I was broken but yet I had hope. I had seen with my own eyes the prince in his hands and I had seen it with my own eyes the prince in his feet and it, Thomas even had the opportunity to, th- to thrust his hand into the into the wounded side of Jesus I saw that and yet that was only good enough to get me through another day but something happened in that upper room we began to just sit together and reminisce about the presence of Jesus and how good it felt and say he made a promise and we know what's coming we don't know when but we know what's coming he made a promise and and, we, and you know what happened was before long we started stopped focusing on the promise he made and said it's just him maybe he's the promise and before you know it whoosh a sound like a rushing mighty wind filled all the house where we were sitting and before you know it i was speaking a language that i had never learned and before you know it i stood up on my feet and began to preach with power and three thousand people were born into the kingdom in a day look at me hey little cripple dude you don't have that many issues look on me look on john Look on John, this is a, the, the, the youngest of all the disciples. In fact, he was so young that many of the disciples didn't think that he was worthy to be called a disciple. And yet time after time when you watch Jesus with his disciples, here's what John's doing. He's got his head pressed up against Jesus' chest, which is to say he heard the very heartbeat of God and knew that, that, that it doesn't matter if you speak with the tongues of men and angels, if you have not charity, which is love and action, you got nothing. It would be the same John that would write the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. It amazes me every time there's a pandemic or something big. Oh my God, this must be the end of the world. No, it's not. It might be the end of their world, but it's not the end of your world. We're just looking for his coming. I received his coming this morning sitting on my porch. I was laying in my bed this morning at 4 o'clock and at 4 there was a coming of the Lord. And he said, get up. I want to talk to you about something. I want to tell you something exciting. I'm like, what is it, Lord? And he said, today there's going to be some people carried in, but they're going to walk out. <laughs> Look on us. Man, you think you've got problems. It amazes me how many people in church don't know that preachers have problems. I used to be ignorant like that too. Preachers have just as much problems as everybody else. In fact, can, depending on your perspective, they might even have more. because you, it's the, I love all of you, but it can be the most thankless job in the world. Because you can't do anything right. And if you do it right and this half likes it, this half don't. It I doesn't really bother me. It used to bother me a whole lot. Don't really bother me as much anymore because I just say what Jesus has for me to say and, and, and trust that he goes before me in truth and truth and goodness and mercy are behind me. So we're just going to keep walking. Yeah. Look on me. If you knew where he had brought me from. Yeah. If you knew the depths of my depravity. Silver and gold I don't have. But the thing that I got up there when I was in that upper room, if you'll reach up by faith, it was given to me, and it's mine to give. And you can have it too. Look on me. Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give to you. And the man reached up by faith and took a hold of Peter's and John's hands. I, I know by the Spirit, Lelah, make it quick. Some of you have come in here on your last leg. I know, I know by knowing, because I know you, and I know some of you by the spirit that you've come in and your soul is broken. And you really were just hoping to get enough strength to be able to make it for another day. I know some of you have come in this morning and it hurts to live. And you wake up in the mornings and you're hoping that you can find something that will get me through today. Find something positive. Or find something. Good. You've come and begging alms. I've come to tell you, I don't have that to give you. But what I will give you will allow you to, to, to get up off of that mat and roll it up and put it on your back and go to your house. I'm not that, I'm not a silver and gold type preacher. You ought to know that by now. If this is your first time, I hope to God you come back. Wouldn't be surprised if you didn't, but I hope you do. I'm never surprised if you don't because I never know if people think I'm a, I'm a quack or they think I'm a prophet. In both instances, they're completely and utterly right. No, I didn't miss it either. Don't you bless them? My dad was famous for when guest preachers would come and they would miss it, you know. He'd be like, bless them. That was code word for, uh, your aunt, stri- jury, you're to strike that from your record. I don't have... I didn't come to give you hope for tomorrow. David, I didn't come. What are you crying for? You feel the spirit of God on you? What are you sitting back there for? Come up here and grab your faith onto mine and watch what God does. For the first time in your life, you might actually walk out of here not crippled anymore. You're going to continue to beg for alms or you're going to let God do what he wants to do? There you go. Silver and gold have I none, But such as I have. Give I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up off of that stupid mat you've been living on for years and walk. Walk with a fresh spirit. Walk with a new mind. I'm not giving you a spirit of of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Walk in it, David. Walk in Thank God for it. You don't even believe me yet. Walk for it. There's strength coming into your spiritual legs right now. Believe for it. Open up your mouth and thank God for it. Come on, Throw your hands up and open up your mouth and thank God for it. It's over with. You're going to leap for joy. Just stand here in his presence for a minute. I don't have silver and gold, but such as I have, I'll give to you what makes you special not a thing except for whatever reason Jesus looked down one day and said that one's going to go preach and I'm going to fill him full of my spirit because everywhere he'll go he'll give it away the crazy thing about the spirit of God crazy might not be the best word but let's just go with it for right now is every time you give something away he doubles it back into your own life it's crazy it's crazy Elijah raised seven people from the dead and had a protege named Elisha guess how many he raised 14 and in fact one time they threw a dead, they threw a man on his bones and the dude came back to life falling on his bones I'll tell you what that really means but we'll talk about that another time I don't have any silver or gold to give you but what I have I'll give to you life because of this? Look at me. Look on me. You won't be crippled in life because of this. Can you help me? <laughs> you don't need silver and gold anyways. Jesus said one day, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me, which is to say, I'm anointed for this reason, to bind up the broken heart. Amen. Uh-huh. down here real quick if you need to go you know, it's fine you gotta know it's late I don't care about that stuff anymore if you gotta go that's you don't make you're not making me mad I love you see you next week bring me some Krispy creams. your daddy's here I know he can hear me we cool silver and gold have I not but well, such as I have I to be a prophet which is to say you're going to open your mouth it's going to be your mouth but it's going to be his voice and you probably don't know it but when you just rather go down and play in the woods you know who's down there waiting on you to get down there the things that he tells you down there you're going to stand on stages in front of thousands probably tens of thousands and you will declare the reality of the new covenant you will not be bound to an old covenant you know that just thought you might want and hug your daddy and let him seal that. Sidney Smith looked at me when I was about your age, maybe a little bit older, and said, God always rewards faithfulness. Always. Whatever God has blessed me with musically, he's going to double it in your life. You'll play it at the same time that you hear it and never haven't been taught it because the Holy Spirit will be your teacher. In Jesus' name. Joey and Becky, when you get a chance to, y'all bless that. You can come on up right now and be fine. I got stuff to give away. So if you need to go, like I said, you're not going to offend me, I promise. I understand you have stuff to do. I don't have any silver or gold to give. In fact, what I got this morning, he told me he put it in there, so I did that too because I believe in giving and sowing seed as well. Um, There's some of you I don't need to come to. Maybe you need to come to me, and I'm perfectly glad to pray with you. Whatever I have, I'll give to you. I've never saw, I don't touch his gold and I don't touch his glory. If he gives it to me for whatever reason, he always gets it back anyways. But if anything that he's given me, I'll give it to you freely. I don't have anything to sell you. I don't have anything to manipulate you with. I don't care about that. If you want to be free and you don't feel free, I'll give you what I've got. Come on, Christina. Silver and gold I don't have. What's wrong with your ankle? A stretched tendon. I know that's not what you're up here for, but God's going to take care of it. That's the bonus part you get, okay? Silver and gold I don't have. What I have I give to you for your entire family. Here's one of the things that I have. I learned how to put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You need to take that spirit of heaviness off. It don't belong to you, and it don't fit you, and it don't look good on you. You know what looks good on it? when well, you put on a garment of praise. I'm going to give you that. There's a secret right there. You put on that garment of praise, and before you know it, I feel like I put God on, and that's because he inhabits the praises of his people. So when you put on a garment of praise, essentially you're putting on God. And when you put on God, there ain't nothing from the death realm that can stop anything you do. There you go. That's a key that 90% of the church world don't even know. I have peace, so I give you peace he's the prince of peace and he's a priest after the order of Melchizedek and Melchizedek is the king of peace he's the king of Salem and Salem means peace he's the king of the new uh, Jerusalem possession of peace so I give you peace the river that's within me flows out now spirit, soul, mind and body and for the generations to follow Logan and those that will come after him. Thank you, Lord. you need rest. Tell them to stop working you so hard. If they won't stop working you so hard, find something else to do. God's going to meet your need. You may not know this, but your job is not your source. God is your source. I'm not suggesting you quit and go sit at home and do nothing. That's between you and God. What I'm saying is, you need rest. And that place does not care if they work you to death because they'll replace you that quick. So find a way to get some. Demand it. You've been faithful there. Demand some rest. Am I close to what you're to come up here for? I kind of thought so. Have you told me any of this stuff? No, that's because His Spirit told me. Go get some rest. It's okay to rest. Your grandfather is at peace and rest right now in joy. Your grandmother's at peace and rest in joy. Your aunt is at peace and rest in joy. Why in the world would you stay here struggling and crying about it? You had a uh, you had a brown dingy. Uh, robe on when you came in. You had to struggle to get in here. You're going to walk out. You're going to leap for joy when you leave this place. Why don't you just go ahead and start throwing your hands up and praise Him now. You can walk out of here full of joy. Such as I have, I give to you. Man, somebody told you to come and you heard a voice and you're like I ain't going to go and you probably told it a hundred times you wouldn't come but you came today. This was a good day to come because silver and gold I don't have George. And you talk to the Lord a whole lot on your truck and people don't know about it. You don't care whether or not they know about it. But he's heard every word you've ever whispered to him. You are just as special as Tony Bunton ever was. You know what it means for me to say something like that. And I say to you this morning, silver and gold I don't have give you a house if I could but what I do have I'll give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth stand up and walk in the calling that you were called to and be the son of the man of God you were always called to be in Jesus name that's my mom's brother by the way pretty good softball player but I'm better only since I was 12 though. what's that I just gave him that. I, I, you get everything I have, but that I keep my. <laughs> all right, all right. There used to be an old saying: that the anointing's lifting. There's no such thing as the anointing lifting. He poured it out, and he left it poured out. We just get to swim in it. So, so you you gotta say, "Come on up, say it. silver and gold." Have I none?
1: I felt um, up there that. There are some people that are asking God for money. Some of you need it because you just don't have any. Some of you are working crazy hours. and It's like it goes out before it ever comes in. Anybody agree with that? So thank God I'm no longer in that position. Only because of his goodness. Um, I don't believe in giving a kid a million dollars. Because they wouldn't know what to do with it, right? But I do believe in God wants to be involved in your finances. So first I'm going to pray over the entire body. Josh and I have talked about this a couple times because some of you are asking for jobs. Some of you are asking for how do I make it? Some of you need a new house. Some of you just need a house. Um, and I, we, We've talked about this numerous times. And this is a part of silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. Um, I, I taught a class for financial peace uh, with Dave Ramsey. If that's something anybody's interested in, it's not a get rich quick scheme. It tells you how to budget and manage your money. If you can't budget $20,000, you are not going to budge 80000 It's not going to happen. But God wants you to have the 80000 He does. He does. I had uh, just a quick instance so you understand where I'm coming from. I had all little girls at my house, nieces. Um, they come over and they hang out with me and we play games, make brownies and cookies because I like to eat and they like to cook. And I asked a seven-year-old, what would you do if I gave you a million dollars? Six, let's see, well, let's see, between Haley's seven, six, seven. So seven, eight, and nine were their ages. Eight. Rachel, eight. She'll be eight. Okay, so six, seven, eight, excuse me. Most of them wanted the new Barbie tree house, the new Barbie car, the new Barbie something, the new Barbie something. And one of them, the very first one that I asked, looked at me and said, Uncle Jeremy, I want to buy this really cool toy but for my sisters, but I want it. But I want my sisters to have it first. I'd give my mom and dad a little bit of money, and I would help the poor. And not just the poor because they don't have money, but there's people that work, and they just don't have enough money. That's a seven-year-old's mentality of what she would do with a million dollars. Okay, A million dollars would do a lot of tragical tragedies for most people that, that we know. It would destroy your life because you wouldn't know how to manage it well. But if that's something that you're interested in, I'd be glad to sit with you, talk to you. If you don't want to come to a class, you can come into my house. Many people have done it. I'm not rich. I'm not wealthy. But I've learned to manage money well. I do it for the Army. I do it. I run a business. And we're doing okay. All because I was making $60,000 a year. and I didn't have a dime to my name. We were struggling to get by. I had six kids. I was dumb enough to get a house loan when I didn't deserve it. I just I felt this on me when Josh was talking silver and gold. I, I'm not here to hand you a dollar. I'm not going to. But I will pray with the entire church, and I'll sit down with anybody that wants to talk. Pastor Cammy can tell you this is something that's on my heart, huge. I absolutely want you guys free. I want you not to have to. I, I have dreams, and most of my dreams is about how, how I can pay. The biggest dream I have right now is how I can pay for that man and his entire team. To go on a mission trip and not worry about what's going on at home while he's gone. You don't have a clue there's twenty and thirty, fifty thousand dollars 50000 for plane tickets. Get all the equipment there. But then he's got to say, I still have a mortgage to do. I still have a family to feed while I'm gone. And then the whole team's family has to be able to eat while they're gone and while they're there. I'm going to do it. I just ain't there. I'm not quite there yet. But, but you're just like, man, I make good money, but I don't know where it's going. There's accountability in it, Robin. There's accountability, ain't it, Robin? I'm Robin's financial accountability partner, and she hates it. Truth. Robin knows, because I'm real with her. She, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell her, "Stupid, don't do that." I have seven on mine, and all the multimillionaires and ain't not one of them give me a dime. Boy, they'll slap me in the mouth real quick when I say I need this or I need that for the business or something, whatever it is. And I feel like God wants to do that in this place right now. I told the praise team earlier today that I woke up this morning and I heard the Father say there are caravans of provisions headed our way. And I think God wants to make sure that we're ready for what's coming to His body. I think He wants to make sure that when that job offer comes, you was not even asking for Robin. And, and the, what we talked about, the money difference, she was settled for this, and it was doubled. Anybody could use a double on their income right now? She was okay with where it was at, and God went ahead and said, you know what? Before my son was born, I set up thousands of camels, and everything they had, and they was going through, I think you said a wilderness, and some kind of a test to get to him, right? And it was always purposed to get to you because you're joint heirs with Jesus Christ it was purpose for you when he was being born that star still shines today star of David so everybody stand real quick if this is for you if it's not for you it's no no feelings here I I, I just feel like I want to bless the house and then I am free to help anybody that has questions outside of this I'm, it's not a you're not going to get quick, quick rich with me But managing your money will make you just absolutely blow your mind. And Father, I bless this house. I bless the finances. I bless the finances in this house. I release the knowledge that they'll need, Father, for the caravans that are on their way for their provisions those that are asking about their next meal father those that are asking about jobs those that are needing a house or needing an upgrade in a house and father i ask you right now that you begin to just speak to their minds father and let them know that that's you and that when they say do i do this without question they'll know that it's you father When the jobs come, Father, if they don't have peace, they'll know to walk away no matter what the income level is. Thank you, Father. Some of you, I hear this right now, some of you are going to get job offers that you don't feel qualified for, and Jesus qualifies you. Accept the offer. Some of you, I heard this, some of you have already had that offer recently. Accept the offer. And He's going to move you up. He needs us in the marketplace. He needs us in the marketplace. He needs full spirit filled people in the marketplace, in the school systems, in our government. Thank you, Father. Children on sports teams, you should have your hands raised here. Jacob, he needs you in the school systems. Full the Holy Ghost as much as in your jobs. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for pay raises. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for bank accounts. Crazy to say, for the paid off houses, the paid off cars. Start telling your money where it goes instead of it telling you where it's going. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father.
0: perspective on you and your husband and your family. Give him also your perspective, Lord, if you've got to meet him with an angel in the street. That this would be a turning point. A resounding moment in her life. It may have limped in, but she's walking home with a new experience and encounter. And for Daisy in Jesus' name. I love y'all. This is one of those where you just you don't really just you just sort of say to be continued. or I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have silver. Spirit, soul, mind, body, finance, and marriage. Rise up and walk. God blessed Abraham for one purpose. For the generations that were going to come out of Abraham. When Abraham began to think generationally, then he received the blessing because he understood, Oh, this ain't about me. This is about about my posterity. This is about my seed. This is about what I'm going to bring forth. And so you two are getting ready to see incredible blessing and favor come on your life because of that little one, Joanne. And the others that will come after her, but we'll, we'll talk about that in time to come. <laughs> All 19 of them. <laughs> no. Listen, if you, uh, I'm I, you know how it is. I normally get off the platform and, and that's where I'll be. I'll be back there. If you want to talk, hang around and talk. There's several of us that are talk and pray with you. I know it's getting late. Uh, but if if a natural man had walked in this morning at 1230 and you watched me reach down and say silver and gold and he got up and walked there's not a single person that would say man it went really late today all you would talk about was the healing that happened for the for the lame man there you are I thought you were were you over there earlier. you were you over there earlier okay I thought you were then I couldn't find you cause I had to tell you something silver and gold I don't have Billy. What I do have, I'll give to you. Peace. What I do have is the ability to look in the mirror and see what my Father sees instead of what everybody else has said about me. When you go home today, you're going to look in the mirror for the first time, and God's going to give you His perspective about you. You're going to say, oh, my God, I'm a lot more special than I knew I was. I'm not what they said about me, and I'm not what's happened to me. I'm a human being, and I'm a son of God. And because I'm his son, I have his DNA. Because I have his DNA, I look just like him. And your walk's going to change from this day forward. I don't have silver and gold, but what I have, I give it to you in Jesus' name. All right, I got to go home.